Well, um, why don't you turn with me to John chapter 20. I'm going to read verses 11 through 18. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head, one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Well, this morning, Lord willing, uh, I don't want to teach you anything new, um, but more like a doctor's checkup. You go in, um, you're not looking really to learn anything new, but you are listening intently to see how you're, how you're doing. You're listening as the doctor checks your pulse to see are you healthy and your blood pressure. That's the same way, Lord willing, this morning. We're not, I'm not going to try and teach you anything new, but I do want to ask you to think, how are you doing? Are you healthy? Are you living? And the biggest question in my own life as a Christian and in terms of my conversion too um, has been this, do you love the Lord? That's, uh, that's how God saved me. I realized I didn't love the Lord. Um, it's been the biggest question in terms of my spiritual growth, in terms of evangelism. Um, there's many people who believe they love Jesus Christ and just a few questions and they'll tell you no I don't love him it's very scary but let's look at Mary here and see what she says what her experience is and then we'll apply it to ourselves so Mary Jesus has just died and Mary's weeping outside the tomb because Jesus Christ is dead think with me for a minute what it would be like in between the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus, the light of the world, dead. 
Jesus, the one who died for your sins, dead. Jesus died so that we might have a treasure. What is the treasure? Himself, Jesus. That treasure gone. The face we... When we see the cross, that's the first time when we really see it. The first time we see the cross is the first time we really begin to love the face of Jesus Christ, the one that died for us. And that man is dead. The face you're not going to see. Why? Because he's gone. He's dead. The one who died for your sin. He what? He purchased a bride. And what happens? He, the bride became a widow. Jesus Christ is dead. What would heaven be like if Jesus just died for our sins and He didn't rise again? Heaven would be, we'd be singing in a dirge. We would not be rejoicing. We would be thinking, Jesus, the Lamb that was slain, oh, I wish we could know Him. I wish we could see Him. Jesus, the treasure that, that I wasn't seeking and now I know how valuable it is, but I'm never, I'm never going to know Him. Jesus Christ, dead. Well, she's weeping. She's weeping. She wants to see Jesus. She wants to be near to Jesus Christ. And what? She goes and she sees two angels sitting in the tomb. They're asking, "What? why are you weeping? She does something shocking, really. She says, Verse 13, they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they have taken him. 14, having said this, she turned around. I mean, imagine that. Two angels sitting there, and what? In her mind, she's thinking, where's Jesus Christ? How, I want to see Jesus Christ. And the angels say, why are you weeping? She says, I'm looking for Jesus Christ. And she turns around. She turns her back on two angels. Why? Because she wants to see Jesus she loves Jesus. It's, it, there's an immediacy there. Having said this, she turned around. She wasn't waiting. She wasn't satisfied with just some miraculous experience. It didn't satisfy her. She needed Jesus Christ. So she kept on going. Think about this. You turn from two angels and you're running to this gardener to see if he knows. Where's Jesus? Well, it turns out that that gardener was Jesus Christ. Who He says, whom are you seeking? She says, I'm seeking Jesus Christ. I'm seeking my Lord. So she's weeping because she has lost the presence of her Lord. She's seeking. She's seeking to find Him. And then she's clinging. Jesus reveals Himself to her. She says, Rabboni. And she apparently clings to him because Jesus says, don't cling to me now. I haven't yet ascended to the Father. So here she is. She finds Jesus Christ. What does she do? She clings to him. So much so that he has to tell her, I'm going to ascend. You've you got to stop clinging to me. You need to go tell them. You need to go tell the disciples because I'm going to ascend to heaven. And you can't cling to me now. It's amazing. All that is to say this, you can see that Mary loves Jesus Christ. She loves Him above all things. It's very clear, this seeking, this clinging, this weeping at the loss, it's all a part of love. This story, no question, no coincidence that this is written by the Apostle of Love, you know, John. 
He's always talking about love. He tells this story about Jesus asking Peter, do you love him? He says love so many times in his in the gospel and in his letters, much more than any other book. It's amazing. And he puts in this story, only found here in John, meant a lot to him. I, I think it's very clear that, that this has to do with loving Jesus Christ. Um, there's another verse that makes it more clear. It's in Matthew 6. You all know the verse. It says, No one can serve two masters. He either hates the one and love the, loves the other, or he clings to one and disregards the other, or he holds fast to one and disregards the other. You can't serve two masters. You know, Jesus... Jesus is either what we love most or He isn't. And... For Mary, it was clear. Jesus is gone, and what does the world have for her? Nothing. Nothing. What's she seeking? Jesus. I've got to have Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus says here in Matthew 6.24. He says, what is it to love? The problem is a lot of people talk about love and they don't know what it means. So Jesus, Jesus gives us an an objective test. Not just, do you say you love me? But, do you cling? What What do you cling to? What do you disregard? What are you devoted to? What do you despise? I like cling to because most people would not say, I disregard Jesus Christ, or I despise Jesus Christ. Or, but, a lot of people would tell you, I don't cling to Jesus Christ. So here's Mary. We see her experience. Now let's just talk about us. What about us, you know? Is this something we can identify with? I mean, do you ever weep over losing the presence of Jesus Christ? I mean, is it enough just to read your Bible and not sin today and not have Jesus Christ? It can be for some people. I mean... Would it be okay with you on the days where you do okay, you know, morally? You don't make any big stumbles, but Jesus Christ isn't near to you. Is that enough for you? It shouldn't be. Is it enough to open your Bible and Jesus Christ not to be shining out of the page? Is it enough to go to church and not Jesus not to be there? I mean... What about, I mean, just think of this in terms of the angels. If if angels appeared today, you know, in the meeting or whatever, would it, and if it was Christless, would anyone walk out thinking, man, I just wish there was more about Jesus Christ. There's people, I mean, there's, I've heard sermons where people go on and on about the visions and the angels they've seen, and there's no Christ but people are okay with that. They want they just want to hear the miraculous. But not Mary here. She's she had about 10 seconds as long as as long as it took for them to say, "Why are you weeping?" and her to say, "I want to see Jesus Christ." That's about as enough. She's ready to go on. Where's Jesus? Everybody's weeping when something's lost. 
right? The thing you love, the thing you cling to, when it's gone, you get upset. But is that Jesus? Everybody's seeking something. Is it Jesus? Is it Jesus for you? When you wake up in the morning, what are you thinking, man, I hope, I hope the Lord meets with me today. When you, when you have to leave and go to work, are you thinking, Lord, stay with me today? Are you clinging when He is there? I mean, does Jesus have to tell you, you got to go to work, it's your responsibility. <laughs> but you want to stay, you want to continue with Him. It makes me think of the Israelites, you know, in the wilderness, that cloud would descend and they would stay in a place and then it says it would lift and sometime and it was time for them to go and, and war. Does it feel like that for you? You're thinking, man, I wish I wish I didn't have to leave. I wish the cloud didn't ascend and I have to go on to the everyday. Well, why is this important? Why is this important? This isn't the mark of a super Christian. This is the mark of a Christian. Just a Christian. Every Christian loves Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this. Can someone say this? I'm a Christian. I just love this more than Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. I just love this and this more than Jesus Christ. I just love TV and hanging out with my friends more than Jesus Christ. No. That's not to be a Christian. That person has not repented. That person is an idolater. The person that loves anything more than Jesus is has not repented. Repentance is here's sin, whatever it is, whatever thing you love most, and turning from that to what? To Jesus Christ. If you say, I've got this disgusting sin, you know, whatever it is, um, and I want to get rid of it. I feel guilty about it. I don't want to go to hell. And you put it in its place, anything but Jesus, you haven't repented. Why? Because still sin. Anything, anything on the throne of your life but Jesus Christ is short of repentance. You take whatever it is, drugs out of your life, greed, pride, and you put just a normal, everyday, average American life on, on its place, you haven't repented. You've got to turn from sin to Jesus. And don't you see that it's an opening of the eyes to see the goodness, the loveliness of Jesus Christ. She, Mary loved Jesus Christ above all things. And that's the mark of every Christian. Every Christian. If Jesus said, if you love father or mother more than me, sister or brother, you're not worthy of me. If there is anything you love more than Jesus Christ, you're not a Christian. Why? You haven't repented. That's what he said. It's so clear. If you love anything, even something good like your parent, like your parents, your kids, your wife, you're not worthy of him. Jesus says in John if God were your Father, you would love me. There are many people who live like it would be okay if Jesus Christ was still dead. 
He died for their sins. They don't have to go to hell. Great. Jesus Christ doesn't meet with me during the day, but at least I don't feel guilty. At least I don't have to go to hell. I'm planning on going to heaven when I die. And there's no thought of Jesus Christ at all. When they talk about heaven, it's not about Jesus. It's about, I'm going to see my parents. I'm not going to suffer anymore. They really don't care about Jesus Christ. Mary wasn't like that. Mary wanted to see Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says in, in Ephesians, what is it like to be lost? It's to be separated from Christ. To be without hope and without God in the world. Many people, and I was one of them, lived live as if that's, that is the Christian life. At least your sins are forgiven. Christ may not be near to you. He may not be in your life. You may not be meeting with Him. But you're not going to hell. What, what's heaven going to be like? Oh, I'm going to be... I'm going to get to do what I want. There's going to be, I'm going to live forever. All this. And there's no thought of Jesus Christ. I'm going to read you this short little story. Why is this important not only for us to ask ourselves, what about you? You know, what about you? I mean, but it's important because there's people in our lives. I'll just say this. Why? I, you know, Charles talks about people having a bump on their tire or whatever. This is the bump on my tire, you know. Do you love Jesus? Why is it so important to me? I'll just give you a little personal context. When I go out to campus and I talk to, you know, professing Christians, I almost always ask them, do you love Jesus Christ? Do you love Him? And oftentimes they say, oh yeah, I love Him. And I ask them, is it real or is it just words? Do you know the right answers to say you love Jesus Christ or is it real? Many of, many of the professing Christian world hold a higher standard to loving their wife than they do to loving God. If I told you, you know, most of you know that I'm married, but if I told you I love my wife, I love her so much, I spend 15 minutes every day with my wife, unless I forget. And that only happens like once or twice a week that I forget to come home because I'm too busy. But when I come home, I feel pretty guilty and I tell her I'm sorry and I'll try harder next week. You would say something is wrong. Something is wrong. But what I described is the vast majority of professing Christians' lives in America. I'll spend a little bit of time with Jesus Christ unless I forget because I'm doing something fun with my friends or I'm going to my job or I've got this project going on. That's terrible. Is your love for your wife supposed to be held to a higher standard than your love to God? Of course not. If You know, I'm going to have a daughter soon. If Let me ask you this. If the way you love Jesus Christ If if you married my daughter, would I be mad at you for the way you you, you love my daughter if it was the same as you love Jesus Christ? We're, let me say it this way. I'll say it a different way. For the vast majority of people, the way they love God, if they love their wives, their friends would be livid. They would say, what in the world is going on? You love this TV more than you love your wife. 
You love your money more than you love your wife. You love your job more than you love your wife. And we, they would confront them and say, what is going on? You need to get this right. What about God? Do we have people in our life that we see? They love TV more than God. They love their car more than God. They love having fun more than God. They love their toys more than God. Does it bother us enough to ask them about it? It should. It should. And there's many people who say, I love Jesus Christ. You ask them a few questions and they'll turn around and say, no, I don't really love Jesus Christ. Do you spend, one question, do you spend more time watching movies than talking to the Lord? How much more? Two times more? Three times more? Five times more? Ten times more? Can you say that you love Jesus Christ above all things? Many people will say, no, I don't. I really don't. I don't know how many people, hundreds of people, have come up to me and said, I'm a professing Christian. After a few questions, they'll tell me I'm not a Christian. Why? They don't love Jesus Christ. This isn't a standard. This isn't a standard for a super Christian. This is just a normal, everyday Christian. I'm going to read you a story here from Corey Tim Boom about this little boy who loved Jesus Christ. Hank was a boy who was a member of my Bible class for the mentally retarded. He came from a family with 11 children, and it was difficult for his poor, tired mother to give him much attention. It was from this simple boy that I saw again how the Holy Spirit reveals himself in such a marvelous way to low IQ people. Once I visited Hank at home, and his mother received me with such a thankful manner. Hank talks so much about the stories you tell in Bible class, he never remembers anything about any other class, but when he comes from your class, he talks to his brothers and sisters about Jesus Christ. Is Hank at home? He's in his room upstairs, in the corner of the attic. He's there most of the time. He's really my easiest boy. We know he'll never become a professor or anything important, but he does work for a salary. He's in a workshop where he makes clothespins the whole day. Dear Hank, he's so satisfied. But when he's at home, the house is full of noise. He goes up to that attic room. I went upstairs, and I found Hank on his knees in front of a chair. Before him was an old, dirty picture of Jesus on the cross. I stopped at the door to listen. Hank was singing. Out of my bondage, sorrow and night, Jesus I come, Jesus I come. Into thy freedom, gladness and light, Jesus I come to thee. I've heard Bach played by Schweitzer and anthems sung by gigantic choirs, but at that moment I felt as if I were in a cathedral with angels surrounding me. I tiptoed back down the stairs without disturbing Hank, praising God for the love he brings into the lives of even the least of them. Some time later I heard that Hank's mother had gone into his attic room and found him before the chair. Hank went home to be with the Lord. I wondered if he had been singing, Jesus, I come to thee at the last moment. Why did I read that? Well, I read it because Hank loved Jesus Christ. He was mentally retarded. 
simple, but he knew enough, a child, to love Jesus Christ. That's a standard of conversion. It's the clearest evidence of conversion, loving Jesus Christ. For an adult, for a pastor, for a child, I'm encouraged when I know that somebody loves Jesus Christ. What if we ask our kids, do you love your toys more or Jesus more? Would we think of conversion different? What about our pastors? You know, I, I love our pastors, but I've met pastors where I wanted to ask them, do you love theology more or Jesus Christ more? I'm thankful that our pastors aren't like that. What about us? What about us? The Christian life, the greatest commandment, love God, love God. I'm not saying you have to have a perfect love. I'm not saying that at all. I'll describe it this way. My wife, again, use my wife as an example. When I married my wife, I loved her more than any other girl. No questions, hands down. Does that mean I loved her perfectly? No. Does that mean I don't love her more today? No, I love her more today. But I did love her most. It's the same with God. The first moment of the Christian life, you love God most. The very first moment. Does that mean that love can't grow? No, it grows. But you do love Him most. You do love Him most from the very first moment. And that's my question to you today. Where are you at? Where are you at? I know it's nothing new. It's nothing new, but it is something important. And it does take your spiritual pulse. Do you love Jesus Christ? Do you love Him more than all that the world has to offer? More than all that the church has to offer? More than being a moral person? More than being a good person? More than being knowing your Bible? Is all that nothing compared to knowing Jesus Himself? If not, if not, there's two things. There's two options. One, you're a backslidden Christian. You've lost your first love. And what does Jesus say? Repent. Repent. Turn. Turn back. Or what? I'll take away your lamp, lamps, the lampstand. The second option, you're not a Christian. You've never been a Christian. You've never really turned to the Lord. You never really uh, wanted Him. You never really repented. And what's the response? Repent. Turn to Jesus Christ. Is any better? I can't imagine one day we're all going to stand before Him. We're going to stand before Jesus Christ. And there are going to be multitudes that have to say, I know, I heard. I heard about what you did on the cross. I heard about your hands and your feet, how they were pierced for me, how you loved me. I just didn't love you. I love TV more. I love my comfort more. But for some of us, for the Christians, we're going to say, Lord, you know I loved you more than anything else. And... My whole life, I was looking forward to seeing your face because that's what I was living for. That was my hope, was being with you. And 
I say all this just to say, I would ask you individually, you know. I mean, I want you to ask me. Do you really love the Lord? Are you, are you pressing on with the Lord? Are you seeking the Lord? And I want to ask you that same question because I love you. And because I, I know that there's many people who don't. Many church-going people. And so, let's just pray to end. Lord, I thank you that it's not dependent on man. Thank you that your spirit can use anything. Lord, I just thank you for loving us first. Do ask, Lord, that might mean something to just just to one person. And we ask that you do it for your glory. And we ask it in your name, Jesus. Amen.